Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Neil McGeever. Praise God. What I want to talk about is the greatest thing that can happen in our lives. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, continuing on with Pastor Ann's theme from last week, we're going to talk about normal. What it is to be normal, according to God. And specifically, we're going to talk about a normal state of being. We're going to talk about a normal state of being this morning. Being, B-E-I-N-G. A normal state of being. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, like usual, I love to go back to the 1828 Webster's Dictionary to get some definitions because they're really godly, uh, biblically-based definitions of words that we use now. So, the word being means existing in a certain state. And that's not like a province or a state of the United States. (laughs) Okay? Being is existing in a certain state, a certain frame of mind. That's what being means. And it can just, and it simply, another definition of it is existence. Okay? So you think about the word human being. We, on this earth, have a human existence. We have a human state of mind. That's how we are born into this world, and that's how we think until we give our lives to Christ. And then, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) We get a heavenly way of thinking. We get a heavenly state of mind. Amen? We we get a heavenly existence. Amen? So you think about according to the world, we're told that we have to take life the way that it's given to us right? We live by luck. There's the saying, this is according to the world, this isn't us, okay? (laughs) Everybody's like, no, 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 no. No, this is according to the world, okay? This is according to the world. We live by luck, and you hear the phrase in the world that if I didn't have any bad luck, I wouldn't have any luck at all sort of thing. That's how people live in the world. They live. They look out for number one. Amen? (laughs) Pastor Gwen just said, too bad they didn't look up to number one, our Lord and Savior, amen? There's this belief that you have no control over what happens in your life, amen? And that we're just along for the ride. But that is not our state of being. That is not our existence as a child of God, by any stretch or shape or imagination. Let's turn to Acts 17. Acts chapter 17. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we're going to look at verse 28. That's Acts chapter 17 and verse 28. We're talking about a normal state of being according to the Lord. Mm. It says, oh, I still hear hear some pages rustling. Hallelujah. 28, for in him 
We live and move and have our being. We have our existence in him. We have that state of mind in him. We exist in a certain state. When we have given our lives to him, we exist in his state. Amen? For in him we live and move and have our being. What am I talking about here? I'm talking about relationship. Relationship with God. Relationship with our Father. That is greater than what happened here. That move of the Holy Spirit, that manifestation of the Holy Spirit that happened here this morning was amazing, was incredible. People got healed. That is a great thing. But that can't fully happen. That The unction to have that happen, the understanding and the hearing of the Holy Spirit that happened in me and in Pastor Gwen and a few other people this morning doesn't fully happen unless we have, first and foremost, that relationship. We have to have that relationship with God as that firm foundation upon which we launch from via the Holy Spirit. We have that state of existence in Him, not in this world. Amen? Hallelujah. Being a Christian means our normal is having a relationship with our Father in heaven through the Holy Spirit because of the work Jesus did on the cross. Let me say that again if you're writing it down. Being a Christian means our normal is having a relationship with our Father in heaven through the Holy Spirit because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. So like I always like to do, we like, I like to go back to God's original plan. So let's turn back to Genesis. Okay? That's the very first book in the Bible. We're going back to Genesis, and we're going to look at um, Genesis 2 first, and we're going to look at verses 19 and 20. I want to paint a picture here. I want to paint a picture of a relationship that God wanted with human beings. God wanted a relationship with human beings. That's why he made us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. And it says, And out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field, but for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. So what's happening here in these two scriptures? Yes, he's naming all the animals, but there's something more important that we skip over. God is talking with Adam. Adam is talking with God. They're having a relationship. They're having, they're having a communication between the two of them. How could, he, how could God, they would have to be talking with each other. Otherwise, God didn't, you know, God says, okay, Adam, what do you want to call this? Right? Because it says God brought the animals to him, right? So God brings the animal, and he says, okay, Adam, what do you want to call this? And Adam looks at it and goes, 
hippopotamus. Okay, let's go. Okay, you're a hippopotamus, right? And he goes through all the animals on the world. They're having a conversation. They're creating. You can't have a relationship without having conversation, right? If Heather and I just sit there and stare at each other all day long, you can't have a relationship. Although I might get swooned. Because <laughs> she is very beautiful. <laughs> but you can't have a full, rich relationship without that communication. Right? Okay. So, now let's flip over to Genesis 3.8. Genesis 3, verse 8. And this is another example. Now, technically, this is after the fall, after they ate the fruit off of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. But again, it paints a picture of what God was wanting to happen in the Garden of Eden with the human race. It's painting that picture. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord amongst the trees of the garden. So, yes, they're hiding themselves because they realize that they've sinned, they've done what they're not supposed to. And, but it paints a picture, again, of relationship. Because this wasn't the first time that God went in, in the cool of the day and walked amongst the garden and talked with Adam and Eve. I'm sure that that happened on a regular basis. They went and talked with each other. They communicated with, the, with each other. They created a relationship. I mean, he had, Adam and Eve had a perfect relationship with God before the fall. A perfect relationship. They could communicate like you and I communicate on a regular basis. If we start up a conversation, we're just talking to each other. They're having conversations just like that. God's walking right beside them. That's what God wants. That's the relationship. That is the normal that God wants in our lives, is that relationship, is that communication. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, now let's flip back to Genesis 2, and we're going to look at verse 15. I want you to see that, okay, first of all, we have the relationship. And then, out of that relationship, flows instruction from God. So if you look at verse 15, and the Lord God took the man, took Adam, and put him in the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Okay, so that's an instruction from God. He had to take care of the Garden of Eden. Now, in all honesty, there probably wasn't that much to do because it was all completely 100% anointed by God, so things just grew without any water and any fertilizer or anything like that. It would be a wonderful place to take care of. It would be beautiful. You'd have fruit so big that you wouldn't know what to do with it. Amen? Hallelujah. But out of that relationship came instruction. This morning, out of a relationship came instruction to have people come up and get healed, to get prayed for, to get set free. Are you, seeing, are you seeing the flow here? Relationship first, normal state of being, and out of that flows what God wants us to do. 
Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The thing is, is that for us, even though Adam and Eve really made a mess of things, like really made a mess of things, <laughs> basically they separated themselves from God. That's a really big mess. God already had a plan in place for a relationship with us after the fall. We actually sung about it this morning, parts of it. So let's turn to Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 4 and 5. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5. It says in verse 4, according as he hath chosen us in him, so that's according as, as God has chosen us in him, look at this, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. He has chose, God has chosen us before he even started building the world, before he started speaking out of his mouth to bring the world into existence. He already had a plan for us. Before the foundation of the world was created, he had a plan for a relationship with us. He already knew what Adam and Eve were going to do, but he had a plan in place for us so that we can have a relationship with him. So we can have that foundational relationship, that normal relationship, not according to this world, but according to him. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. So there's another place that it talks about the foundation of the world. So let's uh, move over to Revelation 13. Revelation thir chapter 13. And we're going to look at verse 8. We're going to look at verse 8. Revelation chapter 13, verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of life of the, look at this, the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So there we go. We're back before the world has started. God's plan is already in place. For 2,000 years ago, he already saw us. He already knew about us. And he already had that plan in place. Jesus Christ is the lamb that was slain before the foundations of the world. Before Adam and Eve fell, he already had a plan in place for us to be in relationship with him. It was his plan all along. It was his plan all along for us to have a normal relationship just like Adam and Eve did before the fall. Amen? With a show of hands, how many here know 
what the very first thing that happened right after Jesus died on the cross. What was the very first thing that happened right after um, Jesus died on the cross? The veil, exactly, good job. The veil tore. So what, what is the significance of that? Why is that so important? That veil was the veil, the curtain, the, um, the door, as it were, to the Holy of Holies in the temple. So we have the Old Testament temple that the, the Hebrew people used to go and worship God, and they had the three levels of it. But in the Holy of Holies where God lived in that temple, there was this veil, and it was huge absolutely huge and it was thick really thick so no human you had you needed a couple of people to open it up so that the one time in a year when the high priest went in they they kind of parted it and, and let him in now that priest they had to go through a sanctification process i think of seven days i didn't look that up i think it's seven days is it yeah seven days before they could even go in. And then, in addition to that, they tied rope around one of their ankles so that if they went in and they forgot something or something didn't quite work out in that sanctification process and they went, they died, you could drag them out so that nobody else had to go in there. Okay? So that's what that veil was there for, to separate God's creation from God because we weren't worthy to come into his presence to separate us from that. And then Jesus, the lamb that was slain before the beginning of time, before the foundations of the world, Jesus went to the cross and he died on that cross as that perfect salvation, as that perfect uh, sacrifice for us. And then what happened? That veil tore. It didn't tear from the top, from the bottom up. It tore from the top down. Nobody tore it. It was the Holy Spirit that tore that veil, that thick, thick veil, that tore it. Tore it open because of what Jesus did on the cross. Tore open that separation so that there was no more separation for us anymore. So that we can step in to the Holy of Holies and have a conversation with our great maker, for, with God our Father. We can talk with him because of what Jesus did. Because of what Jesus did. Oh, hallelujah. Let's move over to 1 John Chapter 4. 1 John is just a couple books before Revelation. 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to look at verses 16 and 17. First John chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Here we go. 
Because as he is, as Jesus is right now, so are we in this world. Oh, hallelujah. As he is right now, so are we in this world. So, how is he right now? Amen. He's risen. Hallelujah, he is risen. He's not a man anymore. He finished his time as a man 2,020 years ago or so. (laughs) The moment he went and he died on that cross and he rose again from the dead and ascended up into heaven and he's now sitting at the right hand of God, he's no longer a man. He is the Son of God in his fullness of glory. If you want to see a picture of him in his fullness of glory right now, look at the first chapter of Revelation. It describes him. It's an amazing description. He's full of power and love and grace and mercy and anything that you can think. That is how he is right now. He is a spiritual being. And he lives on the inside of us. The day he went to that cross, they stopped using the old temple from the Old Testament because we became that temple. And he lives on the inside of us. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives on the inside of us. If you're a born-again Christian and you're living and you have Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have that relationship because your spirit man is just that, a spirit man. And it, its full desire is to be in perfect communication with God our Father at all times, all the time. Amen? Amen. That is how he wants us to be in relationship with him. You hear hear a saying in Christian circles, unfortunately, that says that you can be too heavenly minded and no earthly good. You can be too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. I tell you right now, that is a lie from the pit of hell. It is an absolute lie from the pit of hell. If I chose to not be heavenly minded in my workplace and everything that I do, God wouldn't be able to do the things that he's doing through me at my workplace and any other in my family, um, with my friends, in any, any situation that you come. If you choose not to be heavenly minded, not to cultivate and grow and live in that relationship that God would want so much to have with you. You're selling yourself short. You're selling yourself short because he wants that fullness. And our our spirit man, as soon as we're born again, it's in perfect communication. Now sometimes our mind gets in the way and our flesh gets in our way. Now, and by the way, flesh isn't your actual physical flesh. It's your, like, your carnal state, your instinctive state of things that you want to do, right? Okay? So that can get in the way, but our spirit man is in perfect communication with God our Father. And if we take the time to allow it to communicate, our, perfect, our, our spirit man to communicate with God, and we can hear him. We can have that relationship that he 
God our Father desires to have with us, that normal state of being, that relationship that he wants to have with us from the, before the beginning of time, right? Because he set Jesus in motion from before the beginning of the foundation of the world so that we can have that relationship with him. We can step forth in that relationship with him. We can have a conversation with him just like Heather and I have a conversation or Abigail and Bethany and I have a conversation. Like we have conversations with friends all the time and coworkers and stuff like that. He wants to be in conversation with us just as much like that as anybody else wants to be in conversation with us. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? It's so important. It's so important. <laughs> the more heavenly minded we are, the more earthly good we are. The more heavenly minded we are, the more earthly good we are. Because we rise above the crazy of this world. And we can see God's plan for a situation that's unfolding for us. We can talk with him and say, Lord, I'm seeing this happen here. What do you want to happen? And we can be a catalyst for God moving in this world, in the crazy, and bringing order to it. Amen? But it starts with that relationship. It starts with that relationship with God. Turn to uh, 2 Timothy 1.12. First it's relationship, then it's doing. Out of that relationship comes the doing. Comes the instruction. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know whom I have believed. Let's stop right there. I know whom I have believed. So, question for everybody here and everybody that's watching. Do you believe in God, or do you believe God? They're two very different things. I grew up going to church until I got into cadets as a teenager. I believed that I've, all of my life, I believed there was a God. I believed that God lived in heaven. Oh, I had some weird theology. I, somehow I got it in my mind that Jesus Christ died on the cross, rose again, and then came back to earth and lived a normal life until he died of old age. But that's wrong. <laughs> but I always... <laughs> the point is, is that I always believed that there was a God. I believed in God. But I didn't believe God. You see, his word... His word is more true than whatever circumstance you're facing right now in your life. If you can stand up with your word of God and say, this is more true 
than what I'm experiencing in my life, then you believe God. You don't just believe in God. You believe God. Because you believe that his word is true. And that it, it isn't subject to anything that's happening in this world. It is true. We said this morning that at the end when we decided to rejoice after that time of healing, one of the things that I said is, it may not feel like in your body right now that it is healing, but it has happened because it comes from the truth of the word of God. It comes from the truth of the word of God. And it is more true than whatever you're experiencing. If it's sickness, if it's mental things, if it's frustration in your family, if it's frustration at your work or at school or whatever it is, this word is more true than those frustrations. And if you choose to believe his word over those frustrations, you believe God. You don't just believe in him. Whew. That's powerful. Get a hold of that. So where were we? For I know whom I have believed. Take the time to figure that out. Take the time to figure that out in your life. It's important. It's something, I, it's not my phrase, it's, I'll, it's Jesse Duplantis' phrase that, he, that I've heard him say many, many times. And I took time to figure out, do I just believe in God or do I believe God? Do I believe his word? That's so important. Amen? And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. This is talking about relationships. Our relationship, when, if we, that word keep, no, that's, to be on guard, the Greek means to be on guard, to preserve, and I am persuaded that he, God, is able to keep on guard that which I've committed to him. He is to able to keep guard which, which I have committed to him. So if we're going to trust God with the things in our lives that are going on, you first have to have a relationship with him. Trust comes out of relationship. Trust comes out of communication. If I don't have communication and a relationship with Heather, I'm not going to be able to trust her. But I know because of the relationship that we've developed that I can trust her with my life. I trust her with the words that she speaks into my life because I know she hears from God. Because I have a relationship with her and I know her. I know her heart towards me. Oh, get a hold of that. That was from God. Hey, trust his heart towards you. Trust his heart towards you. It is good. Amen. Period. Amen? And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that, to stand guard over that which I've committed unto God against that day. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Doing comes from being. Doing comes from that relationship. 
not the other way around. If I don't have a relationship with God, yet I'm up here preaching, I'm, I'm fulfilling, I'm trying to fulfill that function as the men's pastor here at church, I'm doing it under my own power. And it's going to come to naught. It's going to come to nothing because I'm not being guided because I don't have that relationship. I have to have that relationship first before I step out because that's where the trust comes in. That's where the instruction comes in. That's where the correction comes in. That's where the, the nudging comes in. That's where all of those aspects come in to keep me on God's path is from that relationship that I have with him. Amen? Let's go to John 7. John chapter 7. And we're going to look at verses 37 and 38. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. I'm going to read it in the Amplified because I think it really gives us a great picture of what Jesus is talking about here. It says, Now on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice, If any man be thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Here we go. Verse 38. He who believes in me, who... Look at this description here. Who cleaves to, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, on God, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. What is that first part talking about? That's talking about a relationship where it talks about who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, on God, as the scripture says, from his innermost being, from that spirit man, shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. We have got springs of living water that flow out of us that touch people in our lives. And why? Because we've decided to cleave to, to cling to him, to desire that relationship in our lives, and to trust in him, and to rely on him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Romans 11. And we're going to look at verse 36. This 
This is a really simple verse that's kind of been tucked away, but it is so powerful. So powerful. Romans 11, verse 36. And this is talking about the order of things in our lives. Relationship, then doing. The normal of how we should be living our lives. The normal of that state of being. It says, for of him, of God, and through God, and to God, are all things. Of God, I'm replacing him in there with God because that's who it's talking about. For of God, and through God, and to God, are all things. You think love is a really simple word? It's a simple word in our English language. But when you look at the Greek of this, it's amazing. It says the point whence action or motion proceeds. The origin of from where something comes from. Are you getting that picture? Where it says of here, for of him, he is the origin of things that, that are to happen in our lives. When we have that relationship with God, when we choose to follow Him, of Him, that origin comes those things that we're supposed to do. And through Him, when you look at the through, it says, the Greek says, denoting the channel of an act. Denoting the channel of an act. So you think about this. It can be of God. But if you decide to take it over, then he stops becoming the channel of the act. Because you decided to step away from that relationship with him. Even if it's just for a moment. You want to have a relationship with him. I experienced this. Over a couple of weeks, starting in September, I was having to deal with Bethany's car and buying out the lease on it. And I knew what I had to do. I had taken the time to hear what I had to do and get it all in order. Um, Heather and I have had a very busy October, very busy October. And so I needed to make sure that things were in place beforehand to take care of buying up this lease and all the I's were dotted and the T's were crossed. I knew. I spent time and I heard God. I heard the of him. I heard because I, I was in relationship with him and I took the time to hear what he wanted to do for, for of him. I knew what I had to do. But then as the process started and I had to deal with people that were not Christians. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> The process went sideways, like really sideways, like two weeks before I heard back from anybody at the dealership, sideways. And instead of through him being the channel of the act, so I knew what I was supposed to do, the channel of the act is how I'm supposed to do it. I decided that I didn't like how things were going. <laughs> choice. Just telling you, bad choice. 
Just so you know, if you're ever feeling like that, grabbing it from God and trying to take it into, well, I can deal with this. Bad choice. Wrong choice. (laughs) Run away. Run away. (laughs) I tried to deal with it on my own, and I got really frustrated because people weren't doing what I needed them to do. And it wasn't just because I was being um, particular. It wasn't just because we had to get things in place before Heather and I went away at the beginning of October. I had to have everything in place. All of the, We had to have documents ready and uh, signing authorities ready and, and just a whole bunch of stuff ready before this, before this transfer of happened, this purchase of the car happened. And I took over the through part and tried to do it what God told me to do on my own power. Now, even at our best, (laughs) at our best that we can be in our own power, (laughs) pales in comparison to God and what he can do at his least. (laughs) Amen? Hallelujah. So I got that back in order. (laughs) I let go of it. And I let the through come from God. There's a scripture in Proverbs that says that we have the desires on our heart, but the Lord guides our steps. This through him is him guiding our steps. So if we choose to stay in that relationship with him, that normal state of being, according to the word of God, we can hear that through we can hear how he wants to step out this process that he wants us to do in our lives. You see, he cares about every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our lives. If you're a nurse, a construction worker, a teacher, an accountant, a human resource manager, um, a CRA person, anything that you are, an estimator, Whatever you do, he cares about that. He wants to be part of that in your life because there is opportunity there for him to move in your life and to, for him to move in other people's lives. So if we put that relationship first with him, we can hear the of, what we're supposed to do, and we can hear the through, how we're supposed to do it. Amen? Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. And then just as, just as importantly in our lives, we make sure that he gets the glory. That's the to him. He gets the glory because it was him w- working through us to do what he wants us to do. Oh, it's a great thing to be used by him. But first and foremost, first and foremost, most, yes, I can speak, Holy Spirit, <laughs> More importantly is that relationship. Because without that relationship, you can get off that path real quick. You can get off that path real quick. Let that sink in a bit. He wants to be in that relationship with you. He wants to be the of and the through and the to in your life.
do when he calls you to do something because you've had that relationship and he watches you and he sees that you you give him the of you you listen to his through and then you give him the to give him the glory right on i can trust them let's run with this let's see what we can do here oh hallelujah oh hallelujah with us you knew what Adam and Eve were going to do but you already had that plan in place so that we can have that relationship with you Lord that you desire Lord that we can put things in your order in our lives Lord that we seek our relationship with you first because that's what you want Lord that is more important than being a pastor or, or being an evangelist or being anything that you call us to do is that relationship that you have for us. Because out of that relationship, Lord, with you flows living water, flows those anointings, flows those purposes that you put on our hearts, Lord. Out of that relationship flows your purpose for us in this world, Lord. That we can take territory. That we can change things. That we can open eyes to your love, Lord. We can turn hearts towards you. We can take hearts of clay and change them into hearts of flesh. Not because of what we do, but because of you through us, Lord that you would get all the glory and all the honor. Oh, praise your name, Lord. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3W3B1.